and welcome to the Made for This podcast. I'm your host, Julie Turner, and I'm so glad that you've joined us today. I believe that each of you are created uniquely and for a purpose. On this show, I talk with women that I believe are living out their God-given purpose right in the place where they are at. My hope is that wherever life has you, whether you're in the workforce, raising young people, or both, whether you're married or single, full nest or empty nest, whatever your particular circumstance is, I hope that in listening to these women and their stories, that you will feel inspired to live confidently in your own purpose every day of your life. You will be hearing from ordinary women living ordinary lives with an extraordinary purpose. Be sure to hit subscribe on iTunes to make sure you catch each of these amazing stories. And while that will continue to be the standard format for each show, every so often I will offer what I'm calling a common threads episode. On these episodes, I will take time to highlight some of the shared elements that I see woven across each of the women's stories. This will be also a time for me to share a little bit of my own story and what God is currently up to in my own life and my own heart. I gotta say, this has been a tough week for our family, which I will tell you about, and yet God has shown himself to be incredibly kind and gracious through all of it. As with each of the guests these past few weeks, God has revealed to me this week that he is the God of hope. And don't we all need a healthy dose of hope right now? It's my privilege to share my story with you. So without further ado, here's episode 11 of the Made for This podcast and the second episode that I'm calling Common Threads. Well, hello, and welcome to the Made for This podcast. I'm your host, Julie Turner, and I feel so privileged to sit and chat with you today. I want to start by saying thank you again so much for listening. It has been so encouraging for me to hear from you and hear what these women have gotten you thinking about and how they've inspired you, and it is so humbling and such an encouragement to me to hear that from you, and just that there really is power in our testimony, and I really hope that we can join together as women and cheer each other on. Life is hard and rough sometimes, but when we share about God's faithfulness in our own lives, it matters and it makes a difference and it gives other people a chance to feel like they've got company in whatever they're going through, or at least that somebody else is out there going through something similar and looking to the same God for help. And And it really does help to remember the faithfulness of God in the midst of whatever it is that we're going through. And that's what these women have brought for me. And I really hope that that's what they're bringing out for you as well. And thank you to those of you who shared that with me. Um, Again, I find that so humbling and so encouraging. And I really do want us all to just encourage each other to live out our purpose every single day of our life. So thank you. Thank you to those of you who've been a part. And thank you to those of you who are listening. And thank you to those of you who are telling your friends about the show that just is a blessing to me also, and um, I really appreciate that, and and I hope that then this extends out and, and encourages even more people. Well, I definitely have a lot to tell you about this week, and there's really no easy way to start, so I think I'll just jump right in and say, truth be told, this has been an incredibly emotional week for our family. On Sunday afternoon, I received a call from my mom that my 95-year-old grandma was in the hospital and was not expected to ever be well enough to leave again. And so my sweet husband, he immediately began to work to get me on a plane as quickly as possible so I could be by your side and support the family and say my goodbyes and celebrate 95 years of life, 95 years. And uh, as with any family, there's some challenging dynamics and one in particular incredibly challenging personality. So I was a little concerned about how the visit would go and 
hurriedly sent out some SOS prayer requests as I packed my stuff and got ready to leave. And I am absolutely amazed at how God responded. His faithfulness in this situation surpassed all of my hopes that I could have ever even come up with for what I hoped that the experience would look like. And these past two days, I was blessed with some of the sweetest moments with my grandma that I've ever had, ever. And my mom and I was so precious. We were able to sit by her side, hold her hand, play calming praise music, read her hope-filled scriptures. And these are moments that I will cherish forever. And the beauty of it was that we were able to have this moment right before she was no longer able to communicate. And you could tell that she knew we were there and she knew who I was and she could respond verbally in, in just a few words at a time, but just enough so that I knew she could hear me say, I love you, Grandma, and I'm so glad that I've been your granddaughter. And she could in return say to me, I love you too, and you're such a sweet girl. And these were tender, precious conversations um, that we got to have together. It was such a blessing and such a privilege. Throughout that whole process, I was also introduced to what is arguably one of the most beautiful and meaningful job professions I've ever seen in my entire life. On our second day in the hospital with her, a harpist came in and offered to play for us in my grandma's room, which of course my mom and I were eager to accept. And so this sweet man sat down behind his lovely travel harp and he began playing the most beautiful, soothing renditions of these cherished old hymns. And it was so profoundly moving, and he brought so much peace into the room, and there's something so celestial and heavenly about the harp. I was moved the minute his fingers hit the strings, and then he started to sing, and the tears started to flow. As we sat there and listened to him sing words like, he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. These words spilled forth over our grief and soothed us like a balm. It was so beautiful. And then he moved on to sing softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. Patiently, Jesus is waiting and watching, watching for you and for me. Come home, come home. Ye who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling, O sinner, come home. I seriously think he might have one of the best and most meaningful jobs in the entire world. Oh my goodness, the peace that filled that room, the comfort that it brought to our family and my grandma. And he sang of our hope. He sang, Jesus is calling for you and for me, come home. Romans 10:13 says for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. When we choose to accept Christ as our savior, we are given a hope and a promise of an eternal life with him and my grandma had. She had chosen to receive Christ and so we were certain of the hope that was in front of her, the hope of heaven. I believe we live in a world that is starved for hope across the board, all of us. I need hope. We all need hope. In our world where violence is increasing and conflicts are increasing, where there's terrorism and health crises and loneliness and depression and isolation, and in the midst of all of that, our biblical hope is sure. Hope matters. It keeps us steady. It helps us persevere. 
Hebrews 6.19 says that hope in Christ is an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast. In contrast, the absence of hope can be devastating and debilitating. Beth Moore once said that she believes people can live with pain far easier than they can live without hope. And I know I've seen that to be true in my own life and in the lives of those around me. We can hold steady through our suffering if we keep our eyes fixed on our hope. We talked a lot about our biblical hope as we circled my grandma's hospital bed and held her hand. We reminded her of the day when she would be free of pain, free of her suffering, where every tear would be wiped from her eyes. We read her from Revelations 21.4, which says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And from Isaiah, on this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food, full of marrow, of aged wine, well and refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all the peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth for the Lord has spoken every tear from every face I think of all the tears shed in our broken world tears shed for loss death suffering persecution mistreatment cruelty failure slavery abuse abuse of power injury fractured relationships and on and on and on. I think of even my own tears shed this week and those of my family members as we watched what were likely the final hours of someone passing from life to death and then on to new life in eternity. Scripture says no more tears, period. Isn't this a message everyone would want to hear? I believe that we have an opportunity to proclaim biblical hope to everyone we come in contact with. According to Strong's Bible Concordance, and if any of you aren't familiar with Strong's, the Strong's Concordance is a really helpful tool if you, if you love words and you want to know a little bit more about the original context with which they were written, the original language, where similar words show up in Scripture. It's an incredibly useful and helpful and even incredibly insightful tool to use when studying the Bible. I like to use the one that's off the Blue Letter Bible app. It's blueletterbible.com, or you can get the app on your phone from the App Store, Blue Letter Bible, Um, and I find it to be an incredibly helpful resource for me as I study Scripture. So according to Strong's Bible Concordance, the New Testament word for hope, el peace, is described in the Christian sense as joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. The hope of a Christ follower is sure. Biblical hope is trustworthy, and it has much more to do with waiting and expecting than it does wondering or wishing. Our English language, it could possibly leave us with a misunderstanding of biblical hope because we tend to use hope more like a wish. We'll say, I hope it snows today. I hope we get a good parking spot. I hope it's on sale. Whereas in contrast, biblical hope is certain. It's fixed, guaranteed. Biblical hope It has the same confidence that we would have that the sun's going to rise every day or that gravity is going to hold us to the earth. Our hope in Christ is definite. It's promised. It's awaiting us with utmost certainty. 
In 1 Corinthians 13, faith, hope, and love are marked as three of the foundational characteristics of a Christ follower. Faith and hope are almost inextricably linked together in Scripture. Burton Scott Easton, a commentator, suggests, Indeed, hope is simply faith directed toward the future, and no sharp distinction between faith and hope is attainable. He then goes on to list three solid foundations on which our hope rests, and I think these are so powerful. He says we can anchor our hope to three truths, Old Testament prophecy, the death and resurrection of Jesus, and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. This was huge for me when I read this because it's so true. Our faith is anchored to truth, and we can feel like faith is just running off the edge of a cliff into the unknown, but in actuality, there's a tremendous amount of solid evidence that supports the faith that we have and the hope that we have. As it relates to the Old Testament, brilliant scholars have written about this evidence, and there are actual scrolls. Author N.T. Wright addresses this in his book, Simply Christian, saying, There are literally hundreds of early manuscripts of some or all of the New Testament. There is extensive proof that the Old Testament documents are valid and accurate. And then there's the issue of prophecy. In Josh McDowell's book, A Ready Defense, he writes, In the Old Testament, there are 60 major messianic prophecies and approximately 270 ramifications that were fulfilled in one person, Jesus Christ. Far too many to have ever occurred by chance. In fact, author Peter Stoner says, that by using the modern science of probability in reference to just eight prophecies, we find that the chance that any man might have lived down to the present time and fulfilled all eight prophecies is one in 10 to the 17th power. And Jesus fulfilled all of them. As it relates to the death and resurrection of Jesus, this was confirmed not by hearsay, but by hundreds of actual eyewitnesses. And these witnesses were so sure of what they had seen, they were willing to die, not for what they heard, not for what they just happened to believe, but what they actually saw. They saw Jesus alive, they saw him put on the cross, they saw him die, and then they saw him alive and risen again. And they couldn't help but tell people about it. His last point, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, This is a profound testimony to our great God who is living and active and present and at work all over the planet in the lives of his children. I saw this in my own life just this week. There is no way for me to adequately describe the way that God so beautifully orchestrated every single minute of my time with my grandma this week. The fact that I was able to get on a plane when I did, arrive when I did, see her just prior to her not being able to communicate as well with us and being more sedated. And he he brought about everything in such a beautiful way that could have only been ascribed to the power of the Holy Spirit in the situation. And he gave us the words that we needed and he gave us the moments that were meaningful and important in that situation that was so hard. And he brought us comfort. And he brought us peace. The work of the Holy Spirit is undeniable in my life. And, I, and he's at work all over the planet in each of the lives of the people who have received Christ as their Savior. Jesus talked to his disciples about the incredible gift of the Holy Spirit before he died. In John 16, 7, we read Jesus saying, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. I can't imagine how the disciples felt in that moment. Here, here's their friend that they've walked with and served with and they call his him their Lord and Master, 
and he's telling them, I'm going to go, but it's actually for your good that I go so you can have the helper. I can't imagine how that felt to them in that moment. It's hard for me to even grasp because I think in my own life so many times, oh, I wish I had, I could just walk side by side with Jesus through this life. But the reality is because of the Holy Spirit, we do, we have that opportunity. We've been given a helper. Um, I'd like to unpack that just a little bit. According to Strong's again, the biblical concordance, the word for helper in the passage that I just read to you in John, the word for helper in Greek is parakletos. And I'll read you some of the definitions found in the Strong's Concordance. It says it, the word means summoned, called to one's aid, one who pleads another's cause as before a judge, a counsel for the defense, legal assistant, advocate, intercessor of Christ in his exaltation at God's right hand. It says pleading with God the Father for the pardon of our sins. In the widest sense, a helper, aid, assistant, of the Holy Spirit, destined to take the place of Christ with the apostles, to lead them to a deeper knowledge of the gospel truth, and give them divine strength needed to enable them to undergo trials and persecutions on behalf of the divine kingdom. And we see the Holy Spirit at work in these ways all the time. The Holy Spirit is, in fact, our counselor, comforter, guide, compass. The Holy Spirit gives us direction and power and counsel. According to Romans 8.26, He intercedes for us in our prayers. Ephesians 1.13-14 says He is our deposit, guaranteeing our inheritance. I was skimming through a book called Systematic Theology by Wayne Grudem, and he writes, The work of the Holy Spirit is to manifest the active presence of God in the world, and especially in the church. He is now the primary manifestation of the presence of the Trinity among us. He is the one who is most prominently present with us now. We have been generously given resurrection power to live this life through the power of the Holy Spirit, to serve others, to live in freedom of sin, to proclaim hope so the power and presence of God may be made manifest in the world. Wayne Grudem goes on to say this about the Holy Spirit. He said, Indeed, it seems that one of his primary purposes in the new covenant age is to manifest the presence of God, to give indications that make the presence of God known. And when the Holy Spirit works in various ways that can be perceived by believers and unbelievers, this encourages people's faith that God is near and that he is working to fulfill his purposes in the church and to bring blessing to his people. I love this so much because it's so true. The power and the presence of the Holy Spirit is a powerful assurance of the hope that we have. We can see him at work in amazing ways all over the world. We've heard about it in our testimonies. We've seen him deliver a people group, heal sicknesses, sustain people through illnesses, use them in powerful ways, speaking to us in whispers, leading us to certain activities. We've seen this in the testimonies from the women, and we see it in our own lives. And this work of the Holy Spirit, it's visible to both believers in Christ and those who are outside of the faith, both. It's a hope to everyone that we are seen, we are known, and we are loved. We're not some random act of the cosmos here, despite all of the things that may make us feel otherwise. We can know, we can be assured God is at work in all of it. He's carrying his plans to completion, and he will one day make all things new and restore creation to his perfect design and purpose. 
Oh, I hope that you are strengthened by the certainty of your hope in Christ. I hope that we are all compelled to share that hope with the world around us, right in front of us, the people that we interface with every day, the people that we come in contact with. I hope we are asking for God to lead us and guide us into those conversations, to give us boldness to share the hope that we have that is true, that calls us forward, that helps sustain us. I hope we ask Him to work powerfully in our lives so that the gospel message is just pouring out of us in a, in a way that is natural and compelling and winsome. I don't know about you, but I want this kind of life, and I know I have such a long ways to go, but I want a life that exudes hope, like a bubbling brook that's just threatening to overflow all of its banks. I want every Christ follower to live a life that is so attractive and so winsome as a result of the love of God in us and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives that people can't help but be drawn to the hope that we have. I hope we boldly proclaim hope through our acts of service, through the way we handle adversity for our unwavering belief in the goodness of God, by being unified among each other, by not giving way to petty arguments and disagreements, but that we can draw together in full confidence that our hope is sure that God is profoundly at work in our lives and that He desires to be in a relationship with every single person that He has created on this planet. May this overflow into our homes, our friendships, our workplaces. May it be contagious in us, this hope that we have. And may it draw others to the love of Christ. Our hope is sure. Hope is both present and future. So let's do everything that we can to anchor ourselves firmly to it. This topic of hope leads us directly into the common thread segment that I was telling you about, where I look at the different testimonies that we've heard from each of our guests and, and really just look for ways that God has revealed himself that is similar between each of the stories. And really, in these recent testimonies, there is this continuous theme of hope. Lori was given hope from the Lord that her sweet Sam would be healed of his life-threatening food allergies, and he was. The expansion team was given a direct word of hope that there would be deliverance for the people of Kiani, that God would, through his matchless power, deliver them from the place of being forgotten in the forest, of living in poverty, living under-resourced, and that he would give them land and homes and he did. Carly and Desiree have been filled with God's hope and promise that he has his hand on both of them as he faithfully leads them to new adventures in life and ministry and jobs. Donna was given a hope and a promise that she would one day adopt a child and that she would be a teacher and that no matter what lies ahead, God will be with her all the way through. What God promises is true. What he says he will do, he does. This is trustworthy and true. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The word that he spoke in scripture concerning his son all came true in the birth of Jesus Christ. His commitment to his covenant people, he has faithfully kept those promises. In the same way, he will continue to keep his promises to us. As we said before, Hebrews 6.19 says, Hope in Christ is an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast. An anchor for our soul. When our soul is filled with unrest, Scripture encourages us to tether ourselves to hope in Christ. When life tosses us around and we begin to despair, we look to hope, to what is promised. In Christ, we are adopted, redeemed, loved, forgiven, lavished with grace, and offered an inheritance that will never spoil or fade. In Christ, we have purpose. 
We are created to do good works. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We're protected, provided for, known by name. We are sons and daughters of the King. In Christ, we matter. In Christ, we know that one day, justice will be restored to all mankind, and all of the hurt, all of the pain of this world will find a remedy. In Christ, all things work together for good, and all of this for the praise of His glory. I have to pause and ask myself, have I anchored myself to hope? Not just in my head, but in my heart, in my soul. Have you? I want us all to be firmly tethered to hope, so that no matter what may be happening around us, we won't despair but we can remain confident in the sovereignty and goodness of God and the assuredness of what we're offered when we choose to be in relationship with Him. Old Testament prophecy, the death and resurrection of Jesus, and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. While God has left us with a great deal of mystery, He's also left us with this solid foundation for our faith and hope in Him. May we stand firm on that foundation and cling to our hope in Christ with every fiber of our being. May we devote our heart, soul, mind, and strength, our whole lives in full surrender to Him. May we face all of the joys, all of the trials of this life with a certainty that God is sovereign, that He is for us. He is so present in every facet, every nuance, every detail of our life. May we rest in confident, joyful anticipation of what's to come. As 1 Peter 1.4 says, The inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, for me. And as Romans 15.13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May each of us, through the matchless power of Christ, live extraordinary lives of purpose, for the praise of His glory, as it says in Ephesians 1.14, and for the good of others, so that we, along with all humanity, may come to know the extravagant love of our glorious Savior and the reason for the hope that is in us. I got a call from my mom that my grandma passed away peacefully in her sleep last night, making me all the more thankful for this precious few days that we had together before she went home. And now, all of these things that we're talking about are her very present reality, She is now free of pain and suffering, no more sorrow, and God has wiped every tear from her eye. And all the love, I can't imagine the love and the peace and the joy that you're getting to experience right now. So Grandma, while we will miss you here with us on earth, I'm so happy that you are restored and you have a new body and that you're getting to walk and do all the things that you used to love to do right in the presence of God himself. And I love that we get to look forward to one day walking right there with you and enjoying the presence of God in heaven for eternity. So that's my story of my week. And I really, really do hope, there's that word, hope, that you all have a relationship with Christ and that you have the assurance of a future and present hope yourselves. If you have any questions about this, oh my goodness, please feel free to write to me at info at julieturnermusic.com or you can visit me over at the blog at julieturnermusic.com and strike up a conversation over there in the comments section. Thanks again so much for listening. I hope this gives you a little bit of a window into my world and what's been going on over here. And again, I'd love to have a conversation with you. So please feel free to write to me if you have any desire to do so. 
And I really do encourage you to hit subscribe over on iTunes so that these testimonies from these incredible women can drop into your inbox every single week. All right, well, I'm going to close with a verse from Romans, Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Have a good week, everyone, and we'll see you next time on the Made for This podcast.